Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Praise God. You guys look good today. You guys ready to jump into the word? Amen. We're going to get into this today. Uh, I'm super excited about this series because this is one of the series that I believe is going to be a game changer for us as a church, as a community, as a body of believers. And so what I'd like to encourage you to do is I'd like to encourage you to find a document on your phone, someplace where you can take notes. Maybe if you brought a, no, a, a journal, notebook, or something like that, you're going to want to write some of this down. We believe we're helping people today. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and, and what happens over the next few minutes will be more of a responsibility on you than it will be on me because I'm prayed up, I'm ready, I'm studied up, I've got some notes, but we are believing to, um, to communicate in such a way that every single person is ministered to today, and uh, we know that God's got a message. Um, I'm going to be teaching in a little bit of a different style today. <clears throat> Typically, I'm very story-driven, kind of like trying to break down the scripture and giving it to you in a way that you can, you can, it's like spoon-feeding, you know what I mean? I, nor, I normally spoon-feed you the word, but today, because of the content, and pretty much the whole series is going to be this way, because of the direction we need to go, I just need to saturate you with some scripture today, amen and friends, amen, amen. and can you handle scripture? Amen. You can handle scripture, right? I mean, we want to make sure that you guys get this, and here's what I... This is what I'm noticing, even about the younger generation. Taylor said tonight is uproar. Here is, here's what we have been finding out about the younger generation. They don't just want coffee and loud music. Like, they want scripture. They want to know how and what the word of God says. And so we are going to saturate you with scripture. And talking about the word of God, here's what we need to know. The word of God is all we have to know God. Like, we are basing eternal decisions based upon what we know about the Word of God. How many of you guys would just be honest and say, I have seen God do some pretty amazing things? Let me see your hand real quick. All right. Amen. Come on. I love that. I celebrate that. Amen. That's because you've believed God. You've saw God do some stuff. This is where the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. That's what everybody who raised their hands are, are saying. Like, I've seen it. Like, ah, you're too late to talk me out of it. I have seen it. But the, it, the key thing that I want to point out here is the phrase, your faith. Your faith. Not God's faith. Your faith. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So let's talk about the Word of God for just a second. The Bible, all right? We have more recorded information about Jesus Christ than we do the Roman emperors of his day. Like we have in our, in our midst as a, as a human race, right? We have far more manuscripts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John than we do for any other ancient history. And yet none of us have ever doubted whether or not ancient history happened. Because we sit in school and we listen to them talk to us about ancient history. And so because we learn about it in school, we assume it must be true, and it more than likely is. But we actually have more recorded information about the days that Jesus walked the earth than we do all of ancient history. 
We have over 5,000 original manuscripts of the New Testament that date all the way back to like 150 AD, like way back there. We have the original manuscripts. The, these four books outweigh all of the original manuscripts of Roman history and much of what we would consider ancient history. What am I trying to say? The Word of God has lasted the test of time. It really has. Something else you need to know about the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the Word of God is alive. How is that possible? The Word of God is alive, and the Bible says, and active. This is how come someone, we could have two people sitting in the same service, hearing the same message, reading the same scripture, and this person gets one thing from it, and this person gets something completely something else from it, right? Why? Because the Word of God is alive. It's not saying anything different, but it's how it's applying to their lives changes based upon their circumstances. Why? Because the Word of God is alive. The Word of God is all we have to help us understand God. Not a man's opinion, not someone's interpretation of the Word of God. There are those among us who would say that God no longer does miracles. Show me the Scripture. Show me the Scripture. Because the Word of God is the only thing we have to base our faith in God. And so if you can't show me Scripture, I don't believe it. And so if God, according to Scripture, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, He was a miracle-working God in the Old Testament. He was a miracle-working God in the New Testament. He's a miracle-working God in 2019. Amen, everyone? And that's what we're believing God for. It absolutely is. And so some people would ask, well, give give me, like, how do we even know how to interpret the Bible? Well, one of the steps in Bible interpretation is simply this, and this is what scholars will do. They'll take a verse or a scripture, they leave it in its context, and they take it at face value. Before they go and look at the symbolism and the the deeper meanings and stuff like that, they'll, they'll take the scripture and read it for face value. If it no longer, if it doesn't make sense to them, then they start digging deeper. But if it makes sense to them, just as they read it in the original Greek or Hebrew, and it makes sense, like it resonates in their heart, then that's, that's what the Word of God is trying to say. Jeremiah chapter 1 says it this way, I'm watching over my Word to perform it. So here's God. He's given us his word that has lasted throughout the test of time. And then he says this, and then I'm watching over my word to perform it. What does that mean? When one of us stands on the word of God, God is watching to perform it. He's looking over his word. He's waiting for someone just to take a a, a step of faith and to stand out on the word of God so he can move. The Bible says in one place, he says that the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro across the earth, looking for one person that he can just show himself strong to. So here's my question. Do we believe the word of God, friends? Do we believe the full word of God? Do we believe that any of it is, is, is done away with? We don't, it doesn't apply to us anymore. No, we believe that it all applies to us. And a lot of people are like, well, what about the Old Testament and the New Testament? 
Like, like I heard the New Testament is a better covenant. Well, that's true. If I had a $50 bill and a $100 bill, which one would you choose? You would choose the 100 because the 50's in it, isn't it? It's the same thing. The Old Testament was, a, was pointing to the New Testament. It all applies to us. And so if the Word of God is true, and it is, then we need to see what the Word of God says about our topic and our subject matter today. In the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid of the flu. Don't be afraid of arthritis. Don't be afraid of addictions. Don't be afraid of some of these things. Just believe. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, here's the temptation as we're reading through some of these scriptures. The temptation for some of us is to finish the scripture before the preacher does. Are you with me? Why? Because we've heard it so many times. We've heard it so many times. And that's great. That's awesome. I love that you know the Word of God, but here's what I would like for you to do. I would like you to allow your eyes to rest upon every single word of the Scriptures today. Read them as if it was the first time you had ever seen anything about God. Understand that, you know what, this is is God's holy Word. You have not, neither have I, exhausted everything there is to get out of God's Word. Just because you may have heard a message on faith before, just because you've read scriptures before, does not mean you have exhausted everything that the Word has to offer in any of these areas. There's always something to learn, always something to grow in, always something to build your faith. Matthew chapter 21 verse 22 says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. What's the stipulation? You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. And some people have tried. And so maybe they have what they would consider a faith failure. Number one, I don't like that statement because faith doesn't fail. But number two, let me, can, I, can I encourage you with something today? Don't listen to the message today or read the scripture in the context of your personal story. Don't read it or listen to it in the context of what may or may not have happened. Just look at the Word like it was the first time you saw it today. And let the Holy Spirit minister life to you. If faith is a big deal, and it is, then what does the Bible say about faith? The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Does being a good person please God? I mean, we want it to, don't we? We want God to be pleased with us being a good person. He's not displeased with us being a good person, but according to Scripture, God is pleased by faith. Does praying please God? It's a trick question, Pastor. I know what you're saying right here. As soon as I say yes, you're going to say faith. It's true. Like, Now, God loves us to pray, wants us to pray, wants us to spend time with Him. But prayers in faith please Him. 
God moves when he sees faith. Does begging move God? No. Does need move God? No. Does desire move God? No. But I really, 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 really bad want him to do it. Does that move God? No. According to Scripture, the only thing that moves God is faith. And some people are like, I, don't, I already don't like this message. I don't like where this is going. No, 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 no. Stay in the boat with me. It actually gets really good. It does. If first service was any, any indicator, like we help people today. Over the next several weeks, we want to talk to you and we want to build your faith in one of the most prominent areas that we think affects human race pretty much, but, but specifically who God's given us oversight over, and that's the people of Mays County. We want to build your faith for healing. We do. We got this message about a year ago, and the Lord told us to do it. And uh, right now, we're going into the flu season. (sighs) Flu season, right? Like the schools closed down last year because the flu was crazy. What if we took a pass on the flu season this year? Amen. Is that even possible? Yes. Well, pastor, come on. You can't really do that. I mean, I have people that, I mean, already this year, the flu has hit because a few, I think the flu starts typically in late fall, and then it goes into, like, the uh, winter, and then, like, that's when it peaks, and then it slides off into spring a little bit. It's already started. Like, there are people today aren't here because they got the flu. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the flu, Right? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. I think it's entirely possible to take a pass on the flu, and I'm going to show you via the Scripture why that's true. Mark 11.22 says, Then Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Now that right there is where most people like, I'm out. I can't believe that a mountain can do that. And so because we can't believe that that's possible, we're already out. But yet Jesus in his own word says, uh, it's actually possible. Amen. Whatever the mountain is in your life, speak to it and it'll go. But believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer. Is there any stipulations in that whatever? Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. Is the word of God true? Then we're going to have to lean into this today. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we are not looking for man's opinion. Father, you wrote the word of God through the divine inspiration of those who followed and served you. And Father, it has lasted the test of time. The Bible says that your word is alive and it's active. So God, right now, we want to see the word of God. We want to learn. We want to grow. Father, we step into, we lean into this message today. God, this is not going to be like any any message we've taught. We're going to lean into this, Father. I'm taking them to Bible school today. God, we love you. Thank you for it now. Thank you for utterance in Jesus' name. Amen.
You know, if you were to uh, run a marathon tomorrow, like you, what's a marathon? 26.2? Is that right? 26.2 miles? That's a lot. If I was going to, if I said, if if Rodney came to me and says, hey, we're going to run a marathon tomorrow, you want to do it? And I said, sure, I'll do it. Like, where do I sign up? And I started training today for 26.2 miles tomorrow. (gasps) I ain't going to make it. You know what I mean? We need to be training for a marathon long before the marathon ever happens. But yet, we treat the things of God the same way. You can't wait until you're sick to get the good news about what the Bible says about healing. You can't wait until the refrigerator goes out to believe God for increase. You can't wait till you've got your last $10 in the checking account to ask God for a raise. Are you, does this make sense, friends? Amen. You want to start building your faith early so when that day comes, and unfortunately, we live in a fallen world, that day is coming. Amen. When that day comes, you have what you need to stand on the Word of God. Your faith has already been built. And so if it's impossible to please God without faith, then we need to know what faith is. And for some of you guys, this is going to be a basic faith 101 message because you've heard this before. But look for what God's saying to you today. Okay? Look for what he's saying to you today. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A measure, right? So everybody's got this measure of faith. Some people say, I just ain't got any faith. No, you, you do, because God has given everyone a measure of faith. Now, in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus said, because you have so little faith, so little faith. So the measure can increase, apparently, because he was kind of scolding the disciples here, because you got so little faith. And then he goes into that whole thing. You can have faith as small as a mustard seed and say to this mountain, move from here and, it, and move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Amen. So everyone has access to faith. It's not based upon how good you are. It's not based upon your, your, your prayer life. It's based upon your, I mean, your faith. So you have access to faith, but not everybody receives faith. What does that mean? I was listening to a a mentor of mine speak along these lines, and he said that he had a young man that was serving with him in his ministry for many years, and um, he'd just kind of grown to love the guy like his own kid. He was younger than him, and he was just there. He would unlock the door before everybody else got there, and he was always the last one to leave. He was, he, was, he was very much involved with what they were doing. And one day, this guy that I'm listening to just felt impressed of the Lord to give him his watch. And he's a, he's a pilot, and uh, so he's got one of those really fancy aviator watches, right? And the Lord said, you ought to give that boy your watch. And so he takes his watch off and says, I felt like I'm supposed to give this to you. Holds the watch out to put it in his hand. And he goes, oh, I can't. I can't receive that. He's like, sure you can. You can open up your hand. I can put the watch in your hand, and you can close your hand, and then you can receive it, right? And he's like, no, no. He's like, that's a really, really nice watch, isn't it? And he's like, well, yeah, it's, it's a nice watch, but it's your watch. And he's like, that watch is too nice. I would never, I would never ever wear it. Was the watch his? Yes. 
Did he receive the watch? No. It's the same with the, with the word of God. It's the same with faith. God has given each of us a measure of faith, but we have to receive it. We have to grow in it. The biggest way people don't receive from God, don't allow their faith to grow, is because we try to figure stuff out in our head. Well, if X equals Y, then... mm. And the Bible even says the Word of God is spiritually discerned. This is why you can step out in some areas that don't make sense up here, but all of a sudden it makes sense in here and God moves. So even as we progress through this series, I am asking you, do not sit here and try to figure it out in your head. Just take the Word of God at face value and see what He says. What is faith? A lot of people think faith is a religion. What faith are you? Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Buddhist. You know what I mean? They think it's the religion that they worship in. Some people think that faith is salvation. He came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? That's what we think faith is. But let's see what the Bible says faith is. Can we do that, friends? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith is, okay, tell us, confidence. The Bible definition of faith is confidence. Well, confidence in what? Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's confidence. When you have faith, there's a confidence about you. There's an assurance about you. You could say it this way. You have been fully persuaded. I have been fully persuaded that the entire $2.4 million for the renovation budget is mine. Amen. It it belongs to your place church. Someone might say, well, is it in your checking account right now? It is not presently in my checking account, but I I am fully persuaded it is moving right now. And it's moving towards the direction of your place, church. Can I have an amen, someone? Amen. That's being fully persuaded. You can't talk me out of it. Fully persuaded. And all through Hebrews chapter 11, this is the great faith chapter that the Bible talks about. We see men and women of God who through faith accomplished great things. Through what? Through being firmly and fully persuaded that God was well able to do what he said he would do. In fact, in in verse 11, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because why? She considered him faithful who had made the promise. Already the Lord is stopping me right here. Listen to me, friends. You're already doing it. You're already going, yeah, but what? Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about this? Try to pause. Try to pause. Just read the word of God. Considered him faithful who had made the promise. All throughout the Bible, Abraham and Sarah, more specifically Abraham, was considered to be the father of faith. We read about Abraham in in Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Against all hope. How many people have been there? Against all hope. All hope of what? All hope of any natural circumstances. All hope of anything changing. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, 
believed. What did he believe? He believed in God, right? And so became the father of many nations. So by reading this text, faith is believing. In its boiled down, simplest form, faith is believing. Now look what it says, verse 19. Without weakening in his faith. Well, what does that mean? Without doubting. Without allowing his circumstances to change. Well, maybe it won't happen this time. Maybe God's will isn't to heal. Maybe God didn't really say that. Maybe I've got the wrong interpretation of that. No. Abraham says, I believe God. And the Bible says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. We're not asking you to play dumb about your circumstances. We're not asking you to pretend like they don't exist. Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And Sarah's womb was also dead. Like it's pretty hard to have a baby if your womb is barren. And so he faced the fact that he was old and she's never had kids, but was fully persuaded, right? Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief. The short circuit in most people's faith is, yeah, but. Yeah, but I'm really old. Yeah, but she's never had a baby before, and she's really old. He faced the fact, right? Did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Look here, verse 21. Being fully persuaded. Fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. And friends... This is the number one disconnect for people. The number one disconnect for people is we are not fully persuaded that God can or that he will do it for me. And we're going to change that because you need to understand that he can do anything he darn well pleases. And number two, he will do it for you. So we know what faith is. It's not a religion. It's not salvation. It's not a term. It's confidence and assurance. It's being fully persuaded. It's a strong belief. Well, how do we get faith? I mean, if if faith is what pleases God, then I need to get me some. Right? I need to get some faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, Faith cometh. Thank you, King James. Faith cometh. Why doth thou doeth this unto me? Right? King James, right? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I like how the NIV says it because it says, consequently, faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. The message translation says it this way. The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, There's nothing to listen to. Faith comes by hearing. So that's how faith comes. Well, then if faith comes by hearing the word of God, can it grow? 
You've heard people, you know, some people that, I mean, I just feel like they're faith giants. Anything they pray for, it's like God just does it. Well, how did their faith grow? How did they become that fully persuaded? They spent time in God's word. The Bible says in Romans 4.20, talking about Abraham, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith. That means not only does faith come, but we can be strengthened in our faith. Faith can grow. Your faith can grow, much like a muscle can grow. The more you use it, the more you get God's word in your life, the bigger it gets. So here's my recommendation. So many people, their faith life starts like, you know, like I, I try to receive the word of God. They'll come, to a, they'll come to a service and they'll hear the word of God, right? And they'll, they'll spend 35, okay, so today it'll be about 42 minutes <laughs> listening to the word of God and they'll get, they'll get a little faith inside of them. And the first thing they're going to want to do is like, God, I need 10 grand, like right now, right? I need it like right now. And then we start, we instantly start trying to put that faith to practice. Like we barely heard the good news. And listen, I'm excited when you get a little bit of faith, when you hear God's word and something starts moving on the inside of you. But what I would like to encourage you to do, specifically because of the, not, the nature of the direction that the Lord has us during this series, is just continue filling your faith tank. I can't tell you how many men of God and how many services I've been in where we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle happen. But the ones that I followed very closely, I watched them. And the ones that had the biggest miracles, the ones that were like doctor-documented miracles, encouraged the people not to just jump up and get prayer for them on day one, but to sit and pay attention through the whole set of meetings and build their faith tank. Then when it came time for someone to pray for them, they were ready. Like their tank was full. And then all of a sudden, boom, here we go. Right? Luke chapter 5 verse 15 says, However, the report went around, went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and be healed. Do you see how they, you can't separate them. To hear, faith comes by hearing, and be healed. So many of us, we, we want to take what little faith we have and put it on some massive thing. And listen, yes, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Yes, it's true. But let me encourage you, spend time and get the scripture inside of you. You know, it's like, it's like if you had a, um, a fast car. My dad had a 1932 Ford Coupe uh, Roadster. In fact, this is what it looks like right now. It's just kind of this uh, bucket of rust, right? <laughs> That's not much, not very impressive right now. But this is what it looked like when he was in high school. Yeah, it is. And so he talks about this thing because this is what he drove in high school and this is what he drove to college. This thing, I don't remember the size of the motor, but I do, I do remember he, him telling me it had six carburetors on it. Six. Six carburetors. Most cars have one. Actually, they have fuel injection now, but back in this day, they had a carburetor. He had six carburetors on it. 
He says, man, in my day, he's, he's bragging, man, in my day, I'd jump in that thing. I could drag race two tanks of gas for $5 and still have enough left over for a hamburger and a, and a milkshake, right? <laughs> he's like, it was so awesome. He talks about this car all the time. And uh, his brother one day, the car was out of gas, and so his brother gets one gallon of gas and pours it into the tank of this 32 Ford Coupe. Pours it in there, gets the keys. My dad wasn't there at the time. Ooh, let there be rain. And um, he gets in it, he starts it up, right? Blah, 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 blah. Big old motor. He puts it in gear. He wanted to see how far one gallon of gas would get him in that monster, right? He says he almost made it around the block before it died, before it ran out of gas, right? Because it just used so much gas. But I'm convinced that's exactly what some people are doing. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to bite off some massive thing when their faith hasn't been built. Let your faith be built today, friends. Just sit and listen. Just li read the Word of God. See what the Bible has to say about whatever topic you're on. The Bible says that the Word of God is life to those who find them. What does that mean? All of a sudden, it's that <gasps> moment that I've never seen that before. That is so good. Oh, my gosh. When you're sitting in the service and it feels like the speaker is, is communicating to you because, like, he read your mail or something. What is that? That is God increasing your faith. That is the Word of God taking root on the inside of you. Now, we know what faith is. We know how it comes, and we know that our faith can grow. Now I want to prove it to you through Scripture. Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. This is why it's important to me that your eyes see the Word of God. So you don't have to take my interpretation of it. I'm just going to read the Scripture. You let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Acts chapter 14. Verse 1, at, at uh, Iconium, Paul and Bar Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks, what happened? Believed. They just preached the Word of God. And a, and a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. That's what I'm hoping for for the people of Mays County. That the people of your place, church, believe. And the word gets out. Verse 2, but the Jews, look here, who, what? They refused to believe. I think that's all hokey. I don't know if I even believe in God. I don't know about all that people, faith, healing, business. What are they doing? They're refusing to believe. What happened? Well, they stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. That's doubt and unbelief. So Paul and Barnabas, look here spent considerable time there. Because some people have been taught incorrectly about God. 
Some people need to unlearn some stuff about God. And so it might take considerable time, the scripture says. Poison their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. What were they doing? Speaking boldly for the Lord. And listen, friends, I do not mean to be presumptuous. I do not mean to sound and come across hard. I am tired of the enemy stealing, killing, and destroying our people. And so I am not coming hard against any one person. I'm coming hard against the devil, against unbelief, against doubt. And so I may sound hard at some times, but listen to me, friends. It's not against you at all. I want to help you. I want to help you. Speaking boldly for the Lord, who, the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. So they spent time teaching. People's faith grew. And then all of a sudden, they were able to do, according to Scripture, signs and wonders. Well, they leave from that town and they go to the next town, which was Lystra. And in Lystra, they set, uh, there sat a man who was lame, talking about he couldn't walk. He was lame, had been that way from birth, had never walked. I love how detailed the scripture is. He's, homeboy's never walked. He never had that stage when he was a little baby like my grandson is right now where he's just kind of kicking his feet and accidentally catches some carpet and scoots. You know what I mean? Because that's what he's doing right now. Or he'll put, his, he'll put his leg on his dad and he'll push off of his dad. He's, he's figuring it out, right? He's never had that stage where that scooching across the carpet becomes one day a leg up underneath of him and he, and he comes up and he crawls. He's never had that day where he, he picks himself up on the couch and sees the coffee table and just goes for it. Every parent's dream, what they're waiting on, you know what I mean, where they just walk over to the table, right? He never had that experience. He's never learned to walk. The Bible says he was lame from birth. But look at this. Verse 9. He listened. He listened without anybody else's experience in his head. He listened without any other example, any, anybody else's uh, interpretation of what that Bible scripture is supposed to be. No, no. He just listened to the word of God as Paul was speaking it. How long was he there? I have no idea. Here's Paul proclaiming the good news about Jesus Christ. And here's a man who's never walked in his life. And he just listened. And he paid attention. And he leaned in. And he said, you know what? If that's true from them, it's true for me. Because God's not a respecter of persons. He was filling his faith tank. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him. You ever had that moment when the preacher's like, you know what I mean? Looked directly at him. Saw 
that he had what? Faith. And not just faith, faith specifically to be healed. Never walked a day in his life sitting on the ground. But something about him, there's a look in his eyes. He's going, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was leaning in. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed and called out to him, right? Bro, stand up. He's never stood up before. Stand up on your feet. He didn't pray, Lord, have mercy on this sweet brother. He's never walked a day in his life. No. He used the authority that he had. And he says, you got faith. Stand up. And the Bible says... The holy word of God says, at that, the man jumped up, supernaturally learned how to walk, and he began to walk. Listen, friends, I don't know what you've been told. I don't know where you are with all of this. The only thing I'm asking you to do is give me a few weeks to show you what the word of God says feel your faith tank. And I believe there's going to be healing miracle after healing miracle after healing miracle. June 3rd was my daughter's birthday. It's just me, her, Tyra, and Sam at the house. Everybody else, all the other kids had something they were doing. And so it's her birthday. I mean, hey, where do you want to go eat? Like, I'll take you to dinner on your birthday, right? She, she wanted to go to the Qual. <laughs> she wanted to eat at some place called Del Rancho at the Qual. I don't know if you guys have been there or not, right? If you, if you are in love with that place, good for you. Amen. <laughs> Tyra and I desperately found something healthy to wear, or not wear, but to eat, and so it consisted of a salad. And so we, we sat there and we ate Del Rancho with my daughter. And then she's like, can we go to the Drip afterwards, which is a coffee shop there in the Qual? And so we go, to the, we go to the drip, and I get my typical brevet with cinnamon sprinkles on top, hot. And uh, I drink it, and then we go home, and that night, I woke up, and my legs were itchy. And I'm like, man, there is, I have got bit by something. My legs are itching like crazy. And so I get out of bed because I don't want to wake up Tyra because I'm sitting here. And like it's, like it's moving. It started kind of like the back of my thighs here. And then it went straight down and straight up. And I'm not talking about those little pimple rash. I'm talking about I had welts show up on my body. Welts, like hives, like my palms were itching. My feet, the bottoms of my feet were itching. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is this? And so I went and I popped a Benadryl, right? I popped a Benadryl and I tried my best to go back to sleep. When I woke up the next day, you could tell there was a residue of whatever that was on me. But for the most part, the Benadryl had kicked it. Well, that was June 3rd. June 14th, Taliana gets married. A week before she gets married, I'm supposed to fly to Florida. And the same thing happens. Like it starts right back here. And this time I'm like, oh, crud. 
And sure enough, it goes straight down my legs and it comes straight up my chest, my palms, my feet. I mean, it is just, it's bad, friends. Bad, 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 bad. And I go take a Benadryl. And I'm like, well, dang, I thought it was just an isolated case. This is weird. It happens a third time, a few days later. And then the Lord prompted me in that moment. And he said, God's willing to tolerate what you're willing to tolerate. Some of you need to write that down. God's willing to tolerate what you're willing to tolerate. And the Holy Spirit said, are you willing to tolerate this? It happened about three or four times, just sporadically, even after Taliana's wedding. And one day, I stirred my faith in the area of healing. And scripture after scripture after scripture came up. And this, the story of Jesus praying for Peter's mother-in-law came up. And if you're familiar with the story, the Bible says she was sick in bed with fever, the fever, like it was bad, like to the point she could not get out of bed, the Bible says. Jesus leaned over her. The Bible says, is, is the word of God true? Jesus spoke to the fever. He did not pray about it. He did not put his hands on that lady and say, sweet, heal sweet sister Sally, right? Did not do that. Jesus leans over her, speaks to the fever. Fever, leave. Fever, leave makes me think, well, can fevers hear? Keep reading. The Bible says, and it left her. Well, that told me if fevers can hear hives or whatever allergic reaction that my body is suffering can hear. And the same authority that Jesus gave his disciples, he gave you. And he gave me. There's got to be a moment in time where you step into that authority and for me, it was when the hives started again. And they, they broke out right here, and they started heading down my back of my legs like they always did. And I got up in, the morning, in that morning, and I looked in the mirror, and I saw myself. But when I was looking in the mirror, I was seeing histamine in my body. You know what I mean? Whatever was causing this allergic reaction. And I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, listen, histamine, allergic reaction, just like Jesus cursed the fever and it left, I curse you in Jesus' name. And I command you to dry up instantly. And you know what happened? It stopped growing, which stopping growing is better than the results I have been getting. Are you with me, friends? It stopped right there. And then I, and then I continued. I said, no. Nope. I said, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And it went away. It tried again a few days later. I felt it. I can always tell. It starts right here. My lower buttock. <laughs> upper thigh. And it started to break out. And I said right here. Because again, previously, if I just let it go, come on, friends. You might have to fight a little bit. If you don't have any fight inside of you, 
like this thing may win. And so I said, no. I said, whatever this allergic reaction is, I come against it in Jesus' name. It has to stop. And it, didn't, it, it just instantly went away. And I haven't had a, a, a symptom since. And this is October. Amen. God's word works. Amen. And some people are going to be like, yeah, I don't know. That was chance. Listen, friends. Don't let that poison your mind. Because what that's trying to do is short circuit your faith. You have to have an excuse for everything. It's just going to short circuit your faith. Listen to it for what the Bible says. Amen. We're going to teach you how this series. We're going to teach you how. And then on October 30th, it's going to be a last Wednesday, October 30th. We're going to have a healing service in this room. And we're believing that God is going to move in a very supernatural and powerful way because everybody who's come to the series and filled their faith tank up are going to believe God and and he's going to move. James chapter 5 says, hey, is there any sick among you? Have them call the elders of the church. They'll anoint you with oil. And the prayer of faith, the Bible says, may heal the sick. Is that what it says? No, what does it say? The prayer of faith may work on someone who's been really, really good and prayed really, really hard. Is that what it says? What does the word of God say? The prayer of faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. You have chapter and verse on that, my friends. Amen? God looks over his word to performance in your life. Father, we love you. And God, there is a sense of expectation about us in this series. Father, we know that this is a very strategic time in the history of our church. And Father, we believe it's a strategic time in the history of of mankind. God, you're doing, you're starting a miracle, a revival. Stirring up a revival inside of the hearts of the people. Father, we want to be a part of that. God, I thank you for proving your word with signs, miracles, and wonders following, Father. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to grow and to learn. Lord, we trust you for it right now in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.